WHHHFM Speedway W286CN Available in HD Go Drop in It's the moment y'all been waiting for Broadcasting from the Isaacs and Isaacs WeWin.com Injury Lawyer Studio It's the show where Indy comes to talk Open lines with Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle Hold up Good morning to you, Indianapolis. It is Sunday, February 12th, 2023. I'm Mindy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. On the Super Bowl Sunday, we can say that because today is the night of the big game. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Who will win tonight the game? is on my other station, Fox 59. Hope you'll tune in and then stick around for the morning news tomorrow. Today here on the radio, we are talking to some of my radio's most well-known voices. Two of them, they happen to be running for the mayor of Indianapolis. We'll start the show off this morning talking to Larry Vaughn. Yes, that Larry. Larry, who is a frequent caller of all talk show radios in this market, who you know very well as a uh, caller of many interesting things. Well, he is running for mayor of Indianapolis. And as we have given all of the uh, candidates for mayor, we will give him a chance to tell us why you should vote for him. We'll start the show off with Larry Vaughn this morning. But then at 8.30, we'll hear from another Republican challenger who entered the game at the very last minute, but that might have been on purpose. You also know him from the radio and TV. He's been on this show. He's been uh, on our sister station, WIBC, hosting a show for years. Abdul Hakim Shabazz is running for mayor as a Republican. He'll face off with uh, Pastor James Jackson, another talk show host and co-worker of ours here at Radio 1. This will be an interesting show, as these two have now decided they are running uh, for Mayor Larry as a Democrat, Abdul as a Republican. We'll talk with Abdul at 8.30, and this is a chance to talk for you, to talk to the candidates, for you to talk to Larry, for you to talk to Abdul, uh, and find out why it is they think that they are worthy of your vote. Uh, so I'll go ahead and let you know. Start calling right now. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. That is our number here at the station to get on our live line to talk with Larry here at 8 o'clock and then Abdul starting at 830. Well, the election season has heated up. Remember, the May primary is coming. Uh, well, in May, the gen- the primary election. Uh, now just, what, three 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 four months away uh, as we're now already mid-february so let's say two and a half uh, months of april and may and then just a you get a couple days in may and then the sprinkle that's left of already short february and black history month uh so it is time to find out uh in the case of larry vaughn he is up against a number of people including the mayor himself joe hogsett uh representative robin shackelford Greg Merriweather, 
Uh, I want to say John L. Couch is also running as a Democrat. I may have that one backwards, and he may actually be a Republican. Nevertheless, you're going to have to choose one of them, and then one of them is going to face off with either Abdul or Pastor James Jackson for the general election in November. Uh, And I did actually just get word that one more person snuck in at the very last second and filed uh, paperwork to run as a Republican candidate. But it happened so late and I just got it that I don't even know that person's name yet. Uh, And the name didn't sound uh, it it didn't sound familiar. So um, nevertheless, Larry's got his work cut out for him to go up against some well-known people, people we've already talked to. So let's bring them on for the very first time as a guest on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Larry Vaughn. Larry, good morning. How are you doing, Cameron? I'm good. How you are know, you? I want to get right down to business, okay? This city is on the brink of debunction, right? Because we have 60% vacancy rate downtown. We have a, a situation where we have someone in control of our uh, metropolitan development and economic development here in the city who doesn't know the meaning of paying for what you get. They are fronting off municipal bonds. I mean, they're fronting off municipal bonds, and you know that you don't go over 2% of your assessed property value within your, within your uh, city when you do those municipal bonds. But what they're doing is, is they're jacking our rates up on assessments every time they reach that 2% limit. And now they're paying 10% for municipal bonds. That's what they're paying because of the carelessness and, and negligence and incompetence that is on that, that is uh, in that committee and the city council just floating stuff through. And uh, that's going to be one of the major problems here in the future. And also the city council that appropriates Money for public safety, right? They appropriate the money automatically. Mayor Ballard, mayor, the mayor, whoever it is. Joe Hawk said Mayor Ballard's a little while ago. General funds to use in whatever manner he or she chooses to, to use, you know. And that's never going to solve the public safety problem. What we need is what they tried to do at the state house a couple of years ago, and that is to have a commissioner appointed to receive public safety money so that uh, you won't be able to take $143 million, like uh, former Mayor Ballard done, out of public safety to fund the Super Bowl. And like uh, Joe Hoff said, it spent $50 million for the so-called bubble. So that's our basis of public safety. Notwithstanding all the murders that's going on here in town, there's nothing you can do about that, Chairman, until we get rid of all the p- people that are working on the fringes. I call them the poverty pimps that are exacerbating this problem, the mitigation force that we will have to get rid of because they are letting the, they are allowing our state legislatures to enact statutes that are detrimental to any uh, large populated city that actually enslaves. So uh, until we get rid of that, all the talking about Daquan McDonald. And uh, what our police are doing, our police are uh, trained men that are out there trying to keep the peace in this city, and they have to use whatever tactics they want. And for some uh, preacher or some other person with the 501c3 coming out talking about police brutality, they need to get on back and get a job. That's what they need to do. And so, I'll, Larry, I'll what do you some s- questions, Cameron? Because I don't want to take the whole thing up. But people can come to uh, Larry Bond the Glass Man over at YouTube and subscribe and just take in 
this new video that as soon as Pete comes over there, I'm going to record a, uh, a, a video and have it posted to lay out what else I want to talk about. But I would take some questions, Cameron. All right, we'll open the phone lines, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Your chance to talk to Larry and ask him some questions. Larry, tell people about uh, who Larry is because most people only know you as uh, a person who calls into this show, Tina's show, Al Sharpton's show. Um, but you are actually a, a, from what I understand from people in the city, you're actually a talented glassmaker, and they've been uh, customers of yours. I'm a lot more than that. I'm an artist, Cameron, and I, I do a lot of things with uh, different mediums. But uh, I was thoroughly trained for a seven-year apprenticeship as a glass beveler, and the other trades just came naturally from the, my master that I learned from, Marvin Davis. Uh, he was a hangover from the 20s, but I got that information, and I humbled myself and was able to learn and learn from other people that were in the trade, also left over from the 20s. But I'm a painter and a sculptor, too. That's what I do for a living. I love to build things and keep myself occupied. That's why I'm talking about the trades all the time and how that's, uh, uh, that is the actual salvation to black men. It's really the salvation. I mean, you can have a other trade if you want to, but Cameron, you're successful. You know it's not easy. You know you have to work, but we're trying to teach our kids not to work, but being a master craftsman and being an artist, I, I can see and perceive things and, and take just take a look. And also an intellectual, uh, uh, Cameron, I, I believe in books and I love books. They're old copies. And it's just I have a large collection of books that I, I have, uh, draw my information from. And, you know, nothing is new, but it, that's partially what I do. But I operate Jolly Road Plantation. 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Larry, for people who uh, only know you from the radio and, and know the things that you say, which you know are often, uh, well, 90% of the time are controversial, um, what do you say to people who say, Larry's not serious about being married. He's just doing more attention grabbing. I'm not playing, Cameron. Like I, I'm coming today not only as a mural candidate, but I'm coming here as a realtor. I'm bringing information to the table that needs to be on the table. You know, I, I'm not trying to be played off either because what I'm bringing to the table, other people that are uh, formerly involved in politics or have some kind of uh, – obligation to uh, political officials, officials, they can't afford to see what's really going on and bring it out and express it in the terms that I'm doing right now. So I'm just a realtor, and if anybody wants to uh, try to not take me serious, go ahead and do it, and you'll suffer the consequences, and you'll see what I'm saying is going to happen because the city of Indianapolis is heading for a receivership. It is, and the reason why is when you get the tax bill, property tax cap. Cameron, another thing. Our constitution was changed, right? For so-called property tax cap. I know the whole intent and everything, all the legislation history of that situation to amend our constitution, which Miss Daniels destroyed. He's going into a nursing home now where he belongs. But in any case, he destroyed our state when they amended our constitution and cut out of Article 8 the last section was talks about funding for common schools. It said the state, the General Assembly, assessed tax on the property of, of corporations for 
common school purposes. Now, they cut that out. That was what all the hollabaloo was out about. So you get all these businesses coming into town. I call them tramp corporations because they come in here, exploit our population, and when the benefits run out, they run out. So anybody that don't understand corporations, Cameron, that was the first thing I went when I came out of high school to see top, uh, a corporation and how they were moving out of this country. And under Ronald Reagan, they were paying for them to move their operations overseas. Our parks right. were closing down. I was involved in the dismantlement, and my brother was also involved in dismantling these uh, factories and so forth. All right, you got, got some folks who... when I seen what it was all about. All right, but you got some folks who want to talk to you. Uh, I won't keep on talking. Go ahead. All right, let's go to the phone, 317-239-1009. We'll start with caller on line one, who we know is not Larry today. Who's this? Hey, uh, can you hear me? Brother yes, we Cameron? can. Go ahead. This is Honorable Reverend Phillips. Good morning. Uh, good morning to you. And good morning to you, uh, Brother Larry. Larry, I wanna I wanna tell I wanna point out something. If you run for for mayor of Indianapolis, Indianapolis, where will you will tackle the first thing you will get in there? Will you tackle the crime, the poverty? Make things better because as as you see, the crime is up. All right, so let's, let me stop. What you right your now. main thing will do, and I will take my comment off the air this morning. Thank you so much, Reverend Phillips. All right, Larry, priority number one. What is it? I don't care nothing about crime, Cameron. That's a personal thing, right? The only thing we need to do is get a commissioner for our for IMPD so that he can receive the money so that IMPD can actually have a plan that they can carry out. I don't care anything about people that are murdering each other. That's their problem. Let's move on. All right. There you go. You got that answer right there from Larry. Crime, not an issue for Larry Vaughn. Let's keep going. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? All right, Habari, got it. It's Brother Motep. All right, good brother Larry. Larry, I like that candidness there. No, don't care about it at all. That's, you heard it, black people. You heard it. Uh, I have a, a, a well, two, just two quick points. Number one, I think we need to have an increase in trade skills being developed. People need to know how to use a drill, how to use a, a, a ruler, a, a, a T-square, that's very important. <clears throat> My roof was done. All people from Latin descent did it. I had floors put in. People, I had an older brother put in my hot water heater, and uh, I had white gentlemen put in my carrier furnace and air conditioner. How? What would you do <clears throat> besides, because <clears throat> we have a lot of money going to these, <clears throat> these local groups uh, for crime prevention, but I think <clears throat> more of that money would be better used going to help learn these certified trades and skills that pay a lot of money. I've spent almost $10,000 on the carrier system, so that's not cheap. Uh, what about what would you do about that, diverting that money? And then number two, you always decried uh, books and education. You always decry Dr. Kawanza Kanjufu, who was one of my early teachers, and this and that, and you didn't like him. Now you claim that you have all these books and you read from. Isn't that like double talk? You cannot... We learn from the experiences and the wisdom from others. 
Most of the books are written by the dead. Most of the information is coming from the dead. So would you consider a retake on that? Because you just said you have a lot of books that you draw information from. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, sir. It's, it's, it's nothing, Cameron. When you see these uh, buildings going up around town and then you still have clowns out there talking about we need to get more mental health stuff, well, you know, when you learn to be obedient to a level and a daggone uh, a, a tape measure and, uh, and the plumb bob and the square, then you, you don't have any problems with that because you have something that you can trust in, and that's what God gave us to keep us obedient, not Kwanzaa and Jufu, whoever he is, probably some desperate colored man that don't know his identity. But we need to get more involved in things that are real, uh, Cameron. And one of the things is, Trace, instead of having all these poverty pimps out here talking about they can stop the murder rate, we need to take every drop of that money. And all the money that Dr. Kane is talking about making our city a junkie factory with. I mean, every time you hear some pastor talk, it's not about getting the Holy Ghost and being saved from this mess. It's about getting their parishioners on dope. That's what they're talking about, or setting up another school like Jeffrey Johnson as a junkie factory on his premises. So we need to forget, get over that. Black men are made to labor and work and apply their skills. That's when they're most happy, and that's when our community thrives. All right, well. I'm... White people, too, by the way. They're doing it. Hispanics are doing it, too. They're getting out there, they're measuring, they're cutting, they're making stuff look beautiful, and you know what? They're getting paid. All right. Well, I should point out I'm most happiest Praise when I'm God. on vacation. So. Well, I love work. <laughs> Sorry. I work, too. I work a lot, but I also love vacation. I know vacation. you, Dave. Listen, Cameron, anybody that comes on talking about racism that has made some kind of accomplishment, they know that it don't matter. If you're good at doing something like they're trying to turn the Super Bowl into a race bowl, those men out there, they know if they don't do their job, those defensive linemen will kill them. I played football before. They got a bounty on them men when they're going out there today. You think it's funny? Not funny. All they're right. going to try to kill them if they can. That's Three, the way it's supposed to be. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. That's our live line to talk to Larry Vaughn this morning, who is not just a person on the radio. He is running for mayor of Indianapolis. You got another call right. on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Larry Vaughn. Uh, I just hear how you talking on the radio and everything, and I just want to know what actually are you going to do for Indianapolis? Go ahead. How you putting everything down, uh, you couldn't get my vote. I'm going for Mayor Joe Hassan. And because I don't think you will make a very good mayor for the state of Indiana. And I am a worker, and I will not vote for you. And I'm letting you know that. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Larry. Uh, what do you say uh, to, uh, again, to people who don't think that, that you're you're serious about this? They've heard the things you've said on the radio. Um, and and is there anything that you think you can do to convince people to change their mind? I'm just saying that people hate the truth, Cameron. They would be more fixated, like to be more fixated on Donald Trump and how they hate. But, you know, hate is suicidal. And most of those people that are talking against me, that's their problem, you know. 
They need to learn that in America we have the most opportunity than anywhere on this planet. They talk about the Africans. I know some wealthy Africans, right? They do not like colored people because they're not taking advantage of our opportunities we have within this country. And we're always playing the race card. We're always telling our kids they need to be GLBTQ. We're always telling them they need a belly full of dope to survive in life. When all they really need, Cameron, it is instinct. I've studied the slavery deal with how that was uh, set up in this country. All done by statues, right? Can I, can I stop you right there for a second? Because I want to jump in and ask you a question on something else before we run out of time. Um, on education, we've been talking a lot on the show here about uh, charter schools in Indianapolis, and the majority of the charter schools in this state are in Indianapolis, and they are out of Indianapolis. The majority of them, all, all but I think one, uh, is in the Indianapolis Public Schools District. Uh, and people are asking for a hold, a moratorium, on uh, charter schools. Um, it's not something, uh, it has now interfered with the plan that Alicia Johnson has for IPS and is uh, probably going to derail uh, some of the plans, the major plans that she had uh, because the charter schools want more money um, that they, they're currently getting none and uh, they want some of IPS's money. So long story short, what do you think of charter schools and education in Indianapolis? I think they're uh, child molestation. And I think that they are uh, human trafficking at the utmost point. And I also think that anybody that doubts that needs to go out to Lincoln Park Elementary at Post and and Post and Raymond and see what the common school system provides. And it does not provide, Cameron, an, a school set up in an abandoned building by poverty pimps who are trying to pimp your kids in any way they can and uh, to do anything they can to make money off of them. And then Maggie Lewis, the majority leader on our council, is one of the main influences, pushers of this human trafficking and of this uh, child molestation. And she works at the Girls and Boys Club. What, what she do, needs what to do really you, be sanctioned. When, when you say that, what do you, what do you mean? What, what I mean is they're interfering in the lives of our children, and they are certainly injuring them. That's what I mean when I say molestation. When I say that they're being degraded and disenfranchised, I mean that they're being punished, Cameron. Cameron. They're being punished, and they have committed no crime. Crime has not been alleged, but yet they're still being punished by uh, our black officials here in town. Maggie Lewis is the queen bee of that, and she knows she is. She had the people from Pike and Warren in there the other night. Uh, I was down there, fortunately, to expose her, but she is the main driving force, and I don't think she should even be able to come in contact with kids, what she is doing. And uh, you know John Bartlett's part of it, too? And what do you mean by we – we had a couple more calls in just a few more Good, minutes. But what, do, what do you mean of, with human trafficking? When I say human trafficking, I mean that they are, uh, they are inducing by fraud – the mothers, illiterate in most cases, to bring their kids to the school. I tracked this one around the corner from me. They're getting them in there. They're staying open for, uh, for, for maybe two, one year or two. Then they're changing their name so they can get that $900,000 stop again when they change their name and continue their process of human trafficking. Okay, and and you and you're you what you're saying is that 
they're moving kids around school to school, corporation to corporation to make money, not that they're uh, sending kids somewhere for anything other than that. That's what I'm talking about. Here's what I'm talking about, Kevin. Uh, Cameron, I'm sorry about that. I'm trying to be professional. But what they're doing is is they're setting up more and more schools. You see, like, when one of them closes, like, 69 over there on 34th and Keystone, all the other vultures came and put their signs up, right? Now, what kind of disjointed education is that? Article 8 says a uniform system of common schools open to all at no cost. So virtually every person that's involved in these so-called bootleg charter human trafficking, child molesting charter schools can go take your child out, take them right to a common school door, and let's see if they want to do like Governor Faber did, stand at the door of the school with the, with the police and say, you can't come in here. Let them do it on, on national TV. All right, let's let's. I like to see it. All right, we got to wrap up with just a couple more calls, just a few more. Larry minutes. Vaughn okay. on YouTube. Okay, real quick, caller on line one, who's this? Hello. Okay, let's go to line two. Good morning, who's this? Good morning, Dietrich. Dietrich, you're live on there. You got thirty seconds. Hi, Mr. Larry. Uh, I'm. Uh, you you're very knowledgeable. You had a lot of information, and I'm gonna pray to God that you get all the manpower, all the women power and all the money that you need to be the mayor of Indianapolis. And, I, you know, you right now, but things we, we see differently better on the Martin Luther King thing. But besides the Martin Luther King thing, I think we should rally around Larry and get all the manpower, the women power, and all the money so he can be mayor to get this, get this uh, Indianapolis, this nasty state, on the right direction. All right. Thank you so much, Larry. There you go. You got a supporter. Hey, I, 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 I'm all right with that, but I don't, I don't look for people to, to anoint me or, or do anything to make me feel good. I feel good on my own every day when I, when I cut something that fits. All right, one more I time. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Deborah. Deborah, you got thirty seconds. You're live on open lines. Uh, last election cycle, you voted. You claimed that you voted straight Republican. My question is, why have you changed now? In the past, you've been a mega Trumper. You know, you have nothing positive to say about any Democrat. So why are you running, really, as a Democrat at this time? Are you trying to be a Trojan horse to infiltrate the Democratic Party so you can be a mansion cinema-type person? That's all I have to ask. Thank you. Deborah. thank you. That was going to be my last question that I was going to ask to close out the show. So, yes, Larry, why are you running as a Democrat, and can you beat the others? Well, you know what? I, I, I'm running as a Democrat because I voted in the last two Democratic primaries, right? So I got to vote do that, do that without getting anybody else involved. But in any case, I voted for Donald Trump twice. I vote for him again because I vote for the best interests of America. America is a strong country. We got weak leadership now that's senile. So if you keep on voting for that, it's going downhill. America is America for everybody to get out here and work and get what you can and then uh, go ahead about your business and stop trying to discourage other people by saying, oh, it's racism. Oh, it's uh, he racism me. He, he does. Well, who cares? I've been racism all my life. I've been here for 67 years. I started out here in Indianapolis when I was three years, three months old over at Christ Temple. That's where my family came. So 
you know, we've made it. My dad had a business. And if you don't know what business is all about, the Urban League trying to set up business stuff, if you don't know how to do business, you don't know how to do business. That's all right, the bottom Larry, line right there. We've got a couple seconds left. How can people find out more about the Trump-supporting Democrat Larry Vaughn? Hey, man. Come on down to uh, uh, Larry Vaughn, the glass man, on YouTube. Come to Larry Vaughn on Facebook and see. Uh, you know, I had some good videos up, but I have to get my boy over here to, to record some more videos for my political stuff. But that's mostly going to be on YouTube at Larry Vaughn, Larry Vaughn, the glass man on YouTube. Go there and find it and subscribe, you know. All this right, Larry. This could be a better city, Cameron, but everybody has to get to work and not a junkie factory. All right. Thanks, Cameron. Larry Vaughn, thank you so much for coming on the show as a political candidate. Larry Vaughn running as a Democrat. Coming up, we'll talk to somebody running as a Republican. It's radio's own Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. We're back live with him when Open Lines continues after this. And we are back on the new hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. All right, we just had a good half hour there with a frequent caller of the show turned Democrat candidate for mayor of Indianapolis, Larry Vaughn. Now, let's talk to somebody else who's been a friend of the show for a long time. I think he was probably one of the first guests I had on the show years back when uh, the show was called Indie Speaks and it aired at the ungodly hour of 7 a.m. But since then, of course, you've known him from uh, appearances on our sister station, WTLC AM, both over there with Tina. He's been on with, uh, for a time, a segment called Amos and Abdul. Uh, But you also may know him from our other sister station, which is also weird to say that it's our sister station now, WIBC. Abdul's hosted a show over there, and he's been on my other station quite frequently at Fox 59 as a guest and commentator on In Focus. Uh, so if you know Abdul, you know he, he too has some interesting things to say, uh, both on air and many columns that he has written over the years, and some of that has already been a subject of some of the first questions that Abdul uh, has received from uh, members of the media wanting to know, is he serious about running mayor for mayor of Indianapolis or is this just a gimmick to get attention why does a talk show host why would a this would be the second talk show host want to be uh mayor of Indianapolis and so we will ask Abdul why is that and can he beat another talk show host and pastor and member of the radio station here at uh, Radio One uh Pastor James Jackson is uh, an opponent for uh the, on the Republican ticket so let's get right to it Abdul is on our live line for the first time as a political candidate for mayor of Indianapolis a politician Abdul good morning it's good to have you. Uh, hang on. There you go. Now say every, Now say hello. Hey, my friend. Always good to be here. Always good to talk to the WTLC audience. Glad to have you uh, for the first time as a uh, political candidate. How are things going? Is this different for you? Is this weird yet? Um, not really, uh, because uh, you got to understand, uh, I want to say like 20 years ago, uh, I worked in politics. I worked for the Illinois Attorney General. I was one of his uh, campaign spokespeople, as well as one of his uh, media people and policy advisors. So, 
from that perspective, it's not really new. So I'm, it's, it's, it's new in the sense that I'm a candidate now, but I've, I've had experience in politics for, like, for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, Who is uh, Abdul Hakim Shabazz? And folks, you can start calling 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Who is Abdul? Is Abdul that we hear on the radio and on the paper and on TV, is that a character or is that the real Abdul or is that uh, the politician Abdul that we're going to see in office if elected? Well, fundamentally, uh, I am who I am because I learned a long time ago it's too much trouble to put on an on-air personality and then try to try to manage that with your private life. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, uh, me is me. It's, it's what you get. And people appreciate authenticity. They may not always agree with you, uh, but they appreciate you being honest and straightforward. So. You are running against uh, James Jackson, another talk show host and, of course, a pastor here in Indianapolis. Uh, can you beat him? Um, I think so. I think I think uh, because you got to remember, there's Pastor James Jackson, who's also uh, run on the Republican ballot and also uh, Jefferson Shreve. That's the name that just popped in at the last second. Yeah. Yeah. Who's a former city county counselor. Uh, we all get along well. We, we participated in a we were all at uh, the Perry Township GOP event uh, this past Thursday. Uh, we all mm-hmm. fine. It's you know, no, it, it's not Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Back to back during the primary. So we think we have a good relationship. We we get along well. Uh, we don't see any major issues, so to speak. Uh, we all have our area specialty, uh, but we, we share our thoughts with the voters and then let the best person win. You have a uh, an extensive so far that I've seen uh, uh, the most laid out. Uh, platform points on your website, which is abdulforindy.com. I'm on it right now, and I was looking at your your platforms. You have things already laid out for public safety, infrastructure, education, entrepreneurial development, and attain housing, as well as property taxes and assessments. We asked the same question of Larry. What will be the first priority uh, for you if elected mayor? Uh, to ask for a recount. That would be the first thing I do. Uh, <laughs> thank Bye. you. Here are we tried the veal. I'm also a part-time comedian, folks. Uh, no, and part active. of it is— yeah, exactly. Well, part of my thing has always been is that uh, public safety, public works, and public trust, those are the three characteristics of my uh, mayoral campaign. And I put public safety first. Obviously, the job of the city is to you know take care of crime, make sure the bad guys are picked up, fix the roads, you know, have good economic development, then leave people alone in a nutshell. And it's always been my, my personal belief. Uh, the first thing I do with respect to public safety is call a meeting with the prosecutor, the chief judge of Marion County, of the public defender and the rest of our public safety infrastructure, like, look, guys, you know, obviously crime is an issue here, but there's a difference between people we're mad at versus people we're afraid of. So to be tough on crime, but we also have to be smart on crime. The people we're afraid of, they need to go to jail for a while and not see the light of day, in my personal opinion. People we're mad at, okay, let's look at some alternative form of sentencing, you know, something to get them back on track. So whether it is in the college as part of their probation or, you know, finding a job for, for uh, ex-offenders so ex-offenders can actually go back to work become productive citizens need to be tough but also smart on crime so obviously crime and public safety would be the number one priority let me tie something in that connects to public safety and crime and that is our our teenagers our kids what they're doing after school one of the platform points that you have on your website is increase after school opportunities this is something that i've talked about on this show uh for a while that when kids get out of school there needs to be a place for them to go where basically they're locked in until it's bedtime and then you know where if they're there you know where they're not so explain in education why what you mean by having more after school opportunities 
Well, this is a thought I've had uh, for a couple of years uh, here in Indianapolis. I actually wrote about it, I want to say a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, is between 3 and 8 o'clock after school is when kids are most likely to get in trouble because that's when you know, the parents are, are still at work and they may not be they may be home alone. So what I propose doing is putting working with the church and with the church and religious community groups, the universities and the business community. And the way this would work is the churches would open their doors after school would say between three and eight. The colleges would provide mentors and tutors and the business people would act, would actually help fund it. So this way you've got after school productive places where kids can get, you know, you know, positive reinforcement, you know, help with their homework, the whole nine yards. It's uh it's in a local neighborhood church near their school. And also the business helped put the bill. That, that to me, goes a long way to solving our crime problem because when kids have productive things to do, they're not getting in trouble. It's the old phrase, idle hands are the devil's amusement park, I think is the phrase. So That is interesting, and, and we've, I've, that's come up on this show as an idea before, you know, put the kids on a bus and they go to the church, and then after the church, a bus drops them off, they go home, they take a shower, they go to bed, they do it again. That's it. Yeah, and it doesn't and it doesn't have to necessarily have to be a church as well. It'd be right. like any sort of you know neighborhood community group, community organization, boys and so. girls club, whatever. Yeah, uh, exactly. Also, under education, tell us about where you stand with school choice. We've talked a lot about charter schools in recent weeks here on the show. People are asking for a moratorium on charter schools and not having any more for the time being because it's caused quite the mess over at IPS right now. Where all of the charter schools in Marion County are. Uh, so, where do you stand on on charter schools? In Indy. I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer, and I will not apologize for for charter schools and school choice. You would not accept one, 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 one restaurant in town, one phone company, one gas station. So why the name of God we do it for one education? Uh, I'm a firm believer that parents know the best way their kids can be educated. So whether it's a traditional public school, a charter school, you know, private school, private religious school, or homeschool, I believe parents should have that choice. I, I do not apologize for that. Now, with that said, I disagree with the argument that charter schools take money away from IPS or traditional public schools, period. Because actually, the biggest taker of kids in traditional public schools are, guess what, kids in other public schools because people move to, like, say, Carmel mm-hmm. or another township or another county. And, and also got to understand, too, is that in Indiana, the dollars follow the child. Mm-hmm. That, that is the rule. That's been the rule for a while. And so let's say I have a kid in IPS who goes to a charter school. Yes, the charter school, yes, IPS loses that money, but they also lose the kid. So in, what, 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 dollar-wise, what are you really losing? So well, and that and that would have been 100 percent the way it was. But now there's a new option as of last year where these charter schools can now ask IPS for some of IPS's money, the money that was given to IPS. They're saying, hey, we want a chunk of that. The what you said about going to other school districts, that part is absolutely true. But now you have this new piece where charter schools can demand, hey, we need, you know, one percent of that referendum that you passed uh, and that's where the trouble is caused for ips right now and so in that case they absolutely are taking money because they're not getting additional money they're taking if if they gave them a hundred dollars they're saying hey use that hundred dollars for your school but also we need 25 dollars for ours well like i said that's one of the issues we can sit down and actually have a discussion you know what is what is considered a fair fair allotment uh but at the same time however you got to understand that with property tax caps, uh, with, no, with property tax about to go through the roof, if, if I were IPS, I'd put off on that referendum for a while. Uh, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Uh, let me ask you a similar question that I asked of Pastor Jackson when he came on. Uh, I think that was back in December. Um, what kind of Republican 
are you? Uh, because can, are you are you pro life? Are you pro Donald Trump? Are you uh, pro choice? Are you pro Governor Holcomb? Wh- 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 what kind of Republican is Abdul Hakim Shabazz? I'm a small R Republican. Free trade, free markets, free people. I'm a Republican. My Republicanism falls under the under the model of uh, Greg Ballard, Rich Sanders, and Dick Luger. You know, sort of very. Very fiscally conservative, moderate on social issues. That that is my belief. That is my opinion. Because I also remind people too that right now as a Republican in a city, particularly Marion County, which is sixty forty Democrat, you cannot be a far right, you know, Donald Trump loving Republican expect to get elected in Marion County. That is not going to happen. Because Marion County that that's not Marion County. That may be Johnson County or Hancock County, yeah, sure, but it's not Marion County. And so and if to be a Republican to win in Marion County you need moderate. You need independent Democrats and moderate and moderate Democrats as well. It's it's that simple. And so running as somebody who's you know talking Trump, who's talking the Trump train, it's not going to work. So uh, let me ask you some rapid fire questions because I know you're good at answering them. Donald Trump, does he have your vote? Nope. Uh, would Ron DeSantis have your vote? Uh, maybe it's a little bit too early. Okay. Yeah, he's not even really in yet, but that's the, looking like another alternative. Governor Holcomb. Uh, good guy, good friend. Does he have your vote? Of course. Okay. Um, uh, the woman's right to choose. Uh, all for it. But uh, but here's here's my thing on the abortion issue, is the the way you deal with the abortion issue is you make it less of a choice, not by banning it, but by giving people more options, more options to birth control, you know, more options, you know, to Plan B. And and here's the thought: making fathers pay child support. What a novel concept. All right. Some things that we do not hear uh, from Republicans uh, in this day and age saying, uh, yes, women have the right to choose, uh, add more options for contraceptive, and no, I'm not voting for Donald Trump. You don't hear that much, but you heard that straight uh, from Abdul. I will be clear, those were the exact same questions that I tried to ask of uh, Pastor James Jackson, your opponent, uh, and I could not get an answer out of him on those topics. Uh, three now, the other, now, the, now the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that you know, things like abortion, you know, CRT, and you know, Donald Trump really have nothing to do with running the city. Mm-hmm. Because the city, is, the city is about crime mm-hmm. and roads and picking up the trash and make sure there's op- economic opportunity for everyone. So we need to keep that in mind as well. Let's go to the phones and ask some more questions, and we'll ask you some more about uh, some of the crime things that you've said. We just talked to Larry, who said crime is not an issue for him. It's not something that he even is focused on, and he's okay with people killing each other. But let's go to the phones real quick. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? You're live on Open Lines. Hey, Cameron. How you doing this morning? I'm good, Paul. Good morning. Hey, I want to say greetings to your guests and greetings to everybody uh, that's listening and uh, for your candidate that's on there now. Here's a concept for you. We are in a war, and I'm talking about the government against the black community. And except for the people in power have signed all these laws and different things to kill us, and yet we're not fighting back. At what point do you think we're going to start fighting back? Because, frankly, we're not going to get better until the Caucasians leave our country and so that we can get back governing our own selves. So right. I'd like an answer to that, if you could answer that. All right. Thank you, Paul. Uh, sure. I don't believe we're in a war. Uh, so I don't, I don't know where Paul gets his, gets his facts and data from. But we're not in a war. You know, you had a black president twice. I mean, so, so if we're in a war, somebody seems to be losing. We can get back. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, Marcus, how you doing? I'm good, Marcus. You got 30 seconds. Go for it. All right, all right, all right. Uh, 
first thing, I I like this candidate. Uh, he's got my vote. Uh, everything except for the fathers on child support. Fathers are always on child support. There's even good fathers on child support. Down that that's beating a dead horse. But other than that, I'm all with him. He sounds like he's got his head on his shoulders and know what he's doing. Um, uh, opposed to the other guy who was on here earlier, Larry. I, I could have been like, yeah, oh my god. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, but I'm all with that. I'm all with you, but. Uh, I think the, the previous caller was trying to say that there is an attack on black men. There, there, there is. Um, what can we do about it? I have no idea, but there's definitely an attack on black men. All right. Um, All right. Appreciate your call. Well, yep, yep. Thank you so much. Uh, Abdul, let me ask you, if if you became mayor right now, um, or, or forget it, let's just, if you're elected mayor, would there would there be people that you would get rid of or people that you would keep? Let me start with, in, granted, if you had the power, um, some of these people I'm going to name, you do not have the power to just throw them out. So let me just start with Prosecutor Ryan Mears. What kind of a job do you think he's doing? Because you would work directly with him. Well, the, the prosecutor is a is a separately elected uh, mm-hmm. constitutional public office here in Marion County. So, so the, the it's not like the mayor can like wave a pen, correct, and get get rid get rid of Ryan Mears. Actually, and Ryan Mears and I we're both attorneys. Uh, I've known him for years. Uh, we have a really good relationship, and I think that relationship that we have with each other is is the starting point. I'm under control. Okay. Ryan, here's here's what the public thinks you're doing that isn't working. Because the thing they're doing it is that is working. Now let's sit, let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. Now let's see we can get this all worked out and, and figured out. One of the things that I always remind Mayor Joe Hogg said about was when he was running for mayor the first time. He said that uh, he would not have a public safety commissioner. He said he would be the director of public safety, so that the uh, the police chief, fire chief, all of them will report directly to him. Uh, would you do something similar, or will you have a public safety uh, director? I'd have a public safety director. I would say one of the biggest mistakes the mayor made uh, was not was getting rid of the public safety director position. Because for me, a public safety director is a lot like a secretary of defense. Mm-hmm. It is what a public safety director is. You have, you got your army, your navy, your air force, your marines, but the president can't, in a nutshell, can't control the day to day operation of each one of those things. That's why you need a secretary of defense, which also argues is why you need a public safety director. Would you keep uh, IMPD chief Randall Taylor? Uh, we'd have we'd have some discussions. Uh, because I want to say uh, Randy would probably want to retire uh, with a new mayor coming in because he's had the job for a while. Yes, he has. So, um, let me go to the phones. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Let's go to three. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hello? Hello? Hello. You're live on the air and you have 30 seconds. Who's this? Hi, this is Kim. I was calling. Good morning, Happy New Year. How will you fund the after-school programs for the um, for the kids? Good. Where would that uh, money come from? The business community. And would you be willing to work with the schools and um, telling them or helping them out with suggestions on the different programs you want to have? Uh, sure. Like I said, we're willing to work with anybody who wants to make our city safer and do it in a responsible, cost-efficient manner. Okay, and then will you work with um, the grassroots community to help with crime? Yes. Okay. All right, Kim. I like your platform. All right, Kim, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Bye-bye. All right, 317-239-1009. Let's keep going. Calls are coming in. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, how you doing? This is Mark. 
Hey, I, I caught the buddy in uh, that when you was talking about the education systems and and what you would do to help better it. I know IPS has a has a lot of issues over there, and Dr. Johnson, I, I feel like she's trying to do her best, but she's really not getting much leeway. What is your thoughts on that? Also, with that after-school program, IPS needs to have after-school programs. They don't have any, um, and there's no safety plan as well for the kids they're getting to and from. What's your what's your thoughts on that? All right, thank you very much. And of course, I'll, actually, I'll point out actually, that could repeat, actually, could you could you repeat his first question? I was having a little trouble hearing him. His question was basically, and I'll preface it with this: the mayor of Indianapolis doesn't have any direct control over any of the public school districts in Indianapolis. They do provide charters for some of the charter schools that open, but he wants to know what what changes basically. What would you do about the situation at IPS? Because as he said, it's a bit of a mess. Um, like I said. Uh, like I said, the, the, your caller is right that the mayor does not have any control over schools. But like I said, once again, uh, having covered and read about Indiana politics for a while, and also Dr. Johnson uh, becoming superintendent, we have a relationship. And so our question is for Dr. Yes, what, what assistance can we from the city help you guys with? And here's how you can help us. And did you say you dropped out for a second? Did you say you have a good relationship with Dr. Johnson? Yes. Okay. 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009, caller online, I think we're at two. Good morning, who's this? Hello? This is Dana, can you hear me? Yes, Dana, you're live on the air, you got 30 seconds, go for it. Okay, I also hear you on WIBC, I almost agree with nothing that they say, but I do listen every day. You said something interesting about Ron DeSantis may have your vote, why would you support a person who has said publicly that he doesn't support what he calls critical race theory, and... Um, recently said that he did not want to support an AP uh, African American course in Florida. All right, thank you so uh, much. Well, well, actually, 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 that's a little more complicated. Uh, like I said, I haven't made up my mind about any sort of a presidential candidate because I'm focused on the mayor's race. Number one, number two, the presidential race is what a uh, couple well, years out, more than a, well, a couple years away. So, so to so to talk about presidential politics, in my opinion, is kind of it's kind of like it's sort of like a pointless exercise because we have no idea who the nominee. Is going to be because whoever people think the nominee is today is usually not who the nominee is going to be uh, come next year. So I'll, I'll take a pass on on that part on that part of the the equation. As far as critical race theory goes, critical race theory law, law school and and grad school that's where that stuff is taught, and it shouldn't be taught, uh, in my opinion, at the at the lower levels because it's it's more, it's more complicated than what people think it is. Um. Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine, and I think those are important questions to still ask of a person. What kind of person are you, and who you who you're going to support? So, and you answer those. So, thank you. Uh, like I said, we asked that of, of James Jackson, and it's still unclear uh, where exactly it is he he lies with those issues. But let's go to caller on line three. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, good morning. Uh, this is uh, Mike, brother Cameron. Mike, you got thirty and, uh, seconds. Go for it. Yeah, a uh, uh, a candidate, uh, Abdul. I uh, I like you, man. Every time I see you in public, you're always the same person, and I think you're very genuine. And uh, as a as a Republican mayor, I think you uh, would do well for this city. Uh, looking uh, forward into your administration, who will you uh, choose to be your uh, deputy mayor? Mm, good question. Thank you so much. Uh, well, uh, that is a little bit uh, premature. Let me get to the primary first, and then we can then we can talk about what a cabinet looks like. 
All right, fair enough. 317-239-1009. If we get through the primary and you go against uh, James Jackson and you win, is there a particular Democrat that you think you're going to end up uh, facing? Uh, my money right now is on uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett, uh because Hogsett's got the, the money in the organization right now. Uh, but, once again, but once again, anything can change between now and uh, now and the election. Can you so beat Joe keep- Hogsett? Uh, I think the, I think the, I think the fundamentals are there, and I think the mayor is beatable. But you can't have a a crazy Republican candidate uh, because we did some polling, uh, which is part of the reason why I decided to get in the race. Only 27 percent of voters we polled surveyed uh, thought the city was going in the right direction. Only 33 percent thought the mayor should get a third term, and only 42 percent of Democrats said they would vote for him in a primary. So once again, there there's the foundation. I still got to do the work, got to raise the money, talk to voters, and not be crazy. I mean that that just kind of comes with the comes with the territory. But I do think the mayor is beatable. If I didn't think it was beatable, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I would not waste my time running for mayor. All right. I go. I go make real money doing other stuff. Well, as we get ready to wrap up, I'm gonna I'm gonna take one last call and then I'll wrap up with one last question. Good morning. You're live on open lines. Who's this? This is uh, James. Can you hear me? Yes, James. I'm gonna give you 20 seconds. Go for it. My question is, what would you do uh, to work? Would you work with the sheriff's department since they're another force of law enforcement down here, or would you just be like the other mayors and not work with them at all? No, I work with the sheriff's department. They have a, they have a role to play in law enforcement. Because the last two mayors really didn't want to work with the sheriff's department. They would use them to do other stuff, but wouldn't even give them no kind of recognition when it came to law enforcement and also with the budget. No, no we, can, we can do law enforcement. There, there's going to be some changes the sheriff's office is going to have to need, for example— they don't have as much of a budget as they don't have as many people as they used to. So why is our budget as big as it is? I mean, obviously, we want all our public safety partners at the table to do what is what is safe, what is fiscally responsible uh, to 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 get crime in the city of Indianapolis, city of Indianapolis under control. All right. Thank you so much for the call. So with that, Abdul, let me ask you, uh, Sheriff Kerry Forrestal, that's an elected position. But does he have your support? Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess the question is support for what I, it would, be, would be my question. Would you like to see him continue in that role if you are mayor? Because you've got to work directly with the person who runs the county jail. Would you want to would you be OK with working with him or would you prefer to see somebody else in that role? Uh, I will work with whomever is necessary to get the job done. Let's put it that way. All right. I'll take it. So let me ask you as we wrap up the show. What are uh, the chances that the. The 25th floor of the city county building will smell like cigar smoke because uh, that is one of your uh, 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 trademarks is the cigar in your mouth and a thought on your brain. Is this going to really happen? And if it doesn't, what what becomes of Abdul? Do you go back to radio and TV? What what's the what's next? Uh, well, I got eight million jobs right now, so I just go yes. back to doing what I was doing doing beforehand. And no, the no, the 25th floor will not smell like cigar smoke, but Nikki Blaine's always will. So. <laughs> And if anybody wants more information about what we're doing, our positions on issues, just go to AbdulForAndy4.com. Everything is up there. Uh, our positions are up there. When we donate money, it's up there. We appreciate your vote. appreciate your support. And also, if you want me to come talk to your neighborhood group or organization or, or club, be happy to do that as well. All right. We are out of time, and the phone lines are still ringing. Abdul Hakim Shabazz making your first appearance here on Open Lines as a political candidate. Thank you so much, sir, and we'll talk to you before uh, May. 
Hey, Cam, no problem, my friend. Always good to chat with you, too. Absolutely. Glad to have you. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines. We are back same time, same station next Sunday live at 8. If you've missed any portion of the show, you can go find it online, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Open Lines. We've now had every political candidate uh, on the show except uh, Jefferson Shreve and John L. Couch. will work to get them coming up on the next couple of shows next Sunday. I will not be here because while Abdul has a thousand jobs, I too have a thousand jobs. And so I take off work to go work another job. I've got to work at Fox 59 next Sunday. So there'll be the best of episode here on the radio. And uh, then you can watch me on TV Sunday morning. But then the Sunday after that, we are back live here on Open Lines. That's going to do it. Have a great week. I'll see you tomorrow morning starting at 4 a.m. on Fox 59.